Hello and welcome to Expired XP, a podcast by Twitchy Max and Eustace Viking. In return for listening to this podcast, we promise to introduce you to old games that are new to you, introduce you to some facts, and hopefully entertain you along the way. We will also throw in a healthy dose of nostalgia, which has been proven by science to be good for you. Every week, we talk about past games from across the eons, all the way back to the dawn of time, the 1970s. We'll interview guests from the industry and explore what inspired them to get into games. Eustace Viking and I will talk about our own experiences and we'll have fun along the way. At some point, we might get some listeners, and if we do, we'll take on your suggestions to talk about your games. Welcome to the Twitchy Max and Useless Viking podcast. Welcome, welcome to this episode of Expired XP. We're going to delve into some really cool stuff today. It's a little bit of a different format, actually. Uh, I am Useless Viking, also known as Pete, and I'm going to introduce you to my very, very good friend known as Twitchy Max. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, hello. I'd just like to say it's been a while since we've put an episode out there. And uh, there's some good reason for that, because we're in lockdown here in New Zealand. We're doing it all remotely, as I know most people are in the world. But Pete was a little bit too poorly because he had his vaccine um, a couple of yes, weeks ago or a week ago. And it meant that we couldn't record. And um, getting a vaccine is much more important than a podcast. So please go out and get vaccinated. It's yes, very important. absolutely. Go out, get absolutely. vaccinated. My 5G reception now, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And Bill Gates knows exactly that. where you are at all times. So exactly. So if something happens to you, <laughs> yeah. okay. you okay. Exactly. So let's feed into that machine of misinformation. No, uh, look, I, I think that's a really good point. We do appreciate the fact that other countries might not have been in, in the, you know, been in a position where they would have been able to do live podcasts. Maybe they have. Maybe they've got easier restrictions, like less restrictions, which to me sounds like a pretty bad idea. In New Zealand, we're kind of hopefully at the tail end of what has been a very long lockdown uh, for Auckland. And bearing in mind that it's also one of the world's strictest lockdowns. So I think we are going a little bit stir crazy. But thank God for this podcast now that I'm feeling better after my vaccination. And thank God for everyone who's listening, because I think it's amazing for us to uh, be able to share some of these insights and uh, I guess nostalgia as well as uh, ideas or updates on new things that we're doing as well, which is really cool because gaming is always evolving, as is yeah. this podcast. And you know, one of the great things, there's not many great things about lockdown, but one of the great things is you can do more gaming. And I have yes. done a lot more gaming in this lockdown. Yes. Yeah. And I am super stoked that you have been, my friend, because you work Thank really you. hard and you deserve some downtime. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I think I think what we're going to do is we're going to do the usual. I'll, I'll, I'll kick off with a little bit of a Fortnite update because there has been some cool stuff happening that we I think uh-huh. we all can agree for once actually kind of met. Well, the, there wasn't that much hype, but I think it actually delivered maybe because of the lack of hype. And then we've got some other stuff we really want to talk about. So Yeah, I, um, I want to talk about a little game called Super Lucky Tales, which is a Super Mario clone, Super Mario Odyssey clone although I think it came out beforehand. So we'll have a little talk about that. And then we've mm. got our big billboard, massive finish. We're going to do a Game Boy special and we're going to yes. revisit the Game Boy. Yeah, and we've both been dying to do this because yeah. I know uh, we talked about it earlier, your experience with Game Boy. It took me a while to remember the fact that I actually had a Game Boy Advance at one stage. So yeah. we'll kind of delve into the different aspects of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance and talk a little bit about our experiences, mm. first-hand experiences with, with handheld consoles and stuff like that, which will be really cool. So... Um, but look, I'll, I'll start off then. And, and by the way, Super Luck is Tale, so excited to hear 
what you're going to talk about it because it's one of Steph's, she, lo- she loves it. But uh, without any further ado, the Fortnite update. So we are now in Halloween season. And so it's Fort Nightmares, as they call it. And it actually came with some stuff that was familiar that I've played before. I don't know. I don't think you guys were around last no, time I hadn't. Halloween. No, you hadn't. Okay, cool. So the brooms are back, which are great, right? So basically a great way to get away, either because you're in combat and you're not doing well, which is like nine times out of 10 I use it for, or to get to places where you want to. So you can jump up on a broom, shoot you up into the sky, and then you kind of uh, slowly descend a little bit like if you were using your kind of glider thing. So that came on board, uh, came online again, which was great. Pumpkin bazookas are back. They're pretty cool. But the biggest change was these stone creatures that have been walking around and terrorizing us, these massive ones now suddenly turned up in game. And to be fair, the first time that you and I, actually the entire time we played it, we never saw one. We never saw one of these because they're kind of almost like they felt like they I were. Still I still you haven't. I still haven't. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that's so. So we actually took Jamie. So um, Steph, my wife to be's younger brother, came online and told us that apparently these things just kind of roam around the map and you kind of just need to kind of bump into one and that they're invisible, but you can kind of see the outline of them. And it took me, I think, a couple of days after we'd played until I had my first encounter with one. And they are massive. They're about four times the height of a Fortnite player (laughs) and they have so much health like i kid you not when i was saying that i got it down to half i was so super stoked i got it down to half health there's a lot of treasure in there it's like this amazing scythe that you can cut people with and it Mm. just kind of throws tons of treasure at you but they are mean beings man they are really 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 how do they attack you do they have weapons they they no so they're just melee they just kind of punch they kind of do what those other ones do there's kind of like i think it kind of sucks you towards it and then it punches you and stuff but i got it down to half health and i thought i was doing really well i had full shield full health going in trying to beat it i had full smgs assaults everything and i just couldn't beat it but i also suck i think to be fair i had green weapons so they weren't great i think i could have done better otherwise so look so cool change fort nightmares i I always love halloween season and fortnite uh fortnite they always do cool stuff i think there's more cool stuff coming because we're actually not at halloween yet so i think next week might see even more stuff and then on the horizon we also have the potential that the mechs will join the game so i think we've had some solid gameplay the last couple of weeks i think we've decently we've ended up in decent positions i know we had one evening there that we were really stoked i don't even think we got a vic royale but we were just happy because we'd had some really good yeah, games that was some very hardcore gameplay and it was hard work there were some good players on that night i think it brought all the changes have brought some people back but i mm. haven't played Fortnite this week i've not played it for over a week which is really unusual yeah we've not been played as a team i think it's because we've just all been so busy so we need to get back on it really yeah and look we had i mean we had a long week i mean what i found really interesting was the likes of marcus and tom who were both playing during the day yeah and i was like marcus why didn't you at least i mean i i, I was rearranging the entire house it felt like but just give us a heads up man we just want to know we want to be online but maybe he doesn't always want to play with us and i think you know well, what? i can I understand i don't want to always play with me yeah i i can understand that because sometimes you just want to play on your own and have a quick game yeah totally yeah but I, I can't really play in the day because it's in the lounge with the boys yeah true fair enough a game that you can play with boys is super lucky Day. yes yes so we've been playing super lucky's tale i say we Ozzy, my five-year-old, who's almost six, has been playing it, and he really loves it. And he's got a real ability with platform games. 
uh, especially 3D platform ones. You know, I've been quite Ooh. shocked at how how quickly he's understood the controls and got the dy- dynamics and the coordination. But it's really stunning exactly how much of a Super Mario Odyssey clone it is. Um, I don't know when uh, Super Lucky Tales came out. Did it come out before or after Super Mario Odyssey? I'm going to venture and say after. Yeah, and it's it's funny because there's one game, uh, like mini game, that that Ozzy was playing, and I'll, I'll describe what he had to do, and you tell me tell me what game it is, right? So there's this big yeti at the top, and it's throwing down these big spiky logs that are going down this track in a diagonal oh, yeah. way, and you have to jump over them and get to him, and then you have to hit a gong which then shoots them off. So there isn't a princess at the top. What what game does that remind you of? Zelda. <laughs> I just thought we should get it in there because I know yeah, at some yeah. point you're going to say something. Well, it's going to come well, in somewhere. Right? It's going to come in. Yeah, so I'm just doing it gonna now. We, we've kind of got it out of the way. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's Donkey Kong, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's Donkey Kong. And there's the double jumping. It's it's basically Super Mario Odyssey with a cute fox. And it's got all the same mechanics. It's got coins, you know, you're jumping around. But it's really good fun. And he's loving it. It is he's great fun. Absolutely loving it. And I've got some great quotes from him, actually, which are de facto things that he said in the last couple of days. So one of them uh, was this evening before bedtime. And it was, Mum, please get out of the way of out of the TV. I'm saving the world here. So he believes nice. and he's saving the world. He's not he, wrong. Yeah, yeah. He, he politely asked her to get out of the way, but his reasoning was yeah. in the world. Nice. And the other thing he said, uh, and this is what he said to me, he said, hey, dad, look at how cute they look when I kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was actually on oh, um, ukulele shit. when he was jumping on the bad guys. They go, Wah! and he's like, look how cute they look when I kill them. And I thought, oh, what am I creating? Great. What am I creating? Something amazing is what you're creating. Yeah. I mean, Get them on Call of Duty. <laughs> I mean... I'm thinking about it, right? I'm kind of thinking back to my own childhood with Bubble Bobble and stuff. I think I kind of felt that way as well. Mm. Like when you when you caught one of the little creatures in a bubble, yeah. in Bubble Bobble, and then you jumped on it and they died and they kind of spun down and stuff. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Like I, I think I would have reacted the same, kind of finding it quite cute. There were a few, I think there was another game called Rainbow Island. Oh, I think yeah. we discussed this on another episode. And Rainbow Island was the same. I think it was really super cutesy, but you're still killing things, but it's cute. I love Ozzy. I think that's great. I go Oz. Yeah. <laughs> so have you so because I so so I I actually really so it's one of those games I'm quite happy to watch Steph play. Mm. There are a few there are a few games actually I get a bit bored with. I know you've and we you know I think we're gonna talk about uh, more about Xbox in another episode. So I won't I won't say anything more than I don't find it as fun watching Bori, Wind of the Wisp, or whatever it's called, mm. Wisp of yeah. the Wind, or whatever. Well, I just don't really find it as engaging. Bleak. Well, it's quite bleak, isn't it? Um, it's just a bit. I mean, it's, it's kind of just, it's bleak, but it's also just like, that. it's not like, a, I don't feel like it moves along at the same pace. I feel like you, you're jumping around the level in um, Super Foxtel, you, you, you're kind of traversing it quite quickly and getting around, whereas there's a lot more problem solving in Ori and it. And it just means that you can get stuck more. Like you you were saying yeah. as well, I know um, that you were getting stuck in, in certain parts. And and as somebody who's trying to watch that, it's just not as engaging. Yeah. I know uh, so so that's kind of but I do I do I just I I just think it's amazing the 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 kind of I guess the kind of games you can get today that have this really high gameplay value still. And the graphics are cutesy, yeah, but they're, they're not 
stunning but there's a really cool design with super lucky tail oh, i love it it's almost like it almost like it's not like claymation but you know what i mean it's almost like plasticky or rubbery it's it's something yeah. really funny with the textures in it yeah. So it, it, it gives it a very unique look. And I do love that as well. So you are right. I hadn't thought about how much of a clone it was of Super Mario Odyssey and, and Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, and probably Zelda. The same. One of the things that Ozzy's been doing, I've got no idea of the tale of the tale of Super Lucky Tale because Ozzy skips past all the cutscenes. Great. So I've got no okay. idea what, what's going on. But I saw a great meme the other day online, which was uh, it was uh, Thanos in um, <laughs> Infinity War, in Avengers Infinity War. And this and it's got uh, Scarlet Witch saying, um, you took everything from me. And Thanos is saying, I don't even know who you are. And, um, and uh, the topic just says every gamer who skips cutscenes. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't, and right? it's so true. Like, kill, 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 yeah. kill. Cutscene, 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 cutscene. Kill, 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 yeah. kill. See, oh, it's I, over. So this is an interesting one. Before we dive in, because I know we want to talk about Game Boy because it is a great topic. But let's just talk about this one because it is funny. What is your view on that, on, on cutscenes? Do you prefer watching? Does it depend on the game? Does it depend on how much you think you're going to invest in it? Or will you always skip a cutscene? Generally speaking, I want to watch the cutscenes. And I think that's a later development in my gaming kind of life. I enjoy the stories now and I enjoy the stories more than the gameplay. And I get very frustrated when I'm playing with the boys and they're just like, skip, 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 skip. Because I know what's going to happen. They're going to say to me, dad, what's going on? What happened? What do I need to do? And I'm like, I've got no idea because you skipped it all. So it's it's a bit annoying. Um, I do really value the ability to skip, though. Games that don't let you skip are awful. Absolutely awful. I want to be able to skip. Okay. Um, There's a game that I want to talk to you about, but not in this episode. Well, there's a game called... That doesn't let you you skip. It's a great game, but I'm I'm just putting out a teaser for the next episode that's coming most probably after this one. Could be before this. But there is a game to talk about. And it will be really interesting to hear your reaction. But Biomutant's wrong on so many levels. We should do a Biomutant special. (laughs) A a Biomutant special about why it's Uh, such bad design. Did you... I have to, because the thing is, right, and again, before we move over to Game Boy, because it is worth <laughs> remembering that we do want to move over at some stage, yeah. but I have to say, because I was able to refund my version, right, I didn't spend that much time in it. Yeah. Did you spend more time in it, basically, just spent, because you couldn't I get the refund? And you I just spent a little bit of time on it. I didn't spend that much time on it. I thought that the boys okay. would like it, and then we realized that we wouldn't because it was lame. I think if we the, the only challenge that we've got in doing a Biomutant special or a Biomutant deep dive as to why it's such a bad game is that I'll have to sit and play it. And I really don't want to do that because life's too No, no. I think the special is this. Don't play it. Yeah. That is the special. Our advice is don't play it. What about Kina? Let's get back to Kina Kina again. Kina. Oh, I've actually, because you downgraded it, didn't you? I think I've upgraded it. I've upgraded it. And I think the difference there is that I'm, you you're kind of expecting more of it, but I've I I've kind of accepted it for what it is. I've accepted okay. it in my heart, and I'm still enjoying the graphics. But I've not played it in a while because of uh, a huge thing that's happened in my life, which will be the subject of our next episode, which is mm. Xbox. Xbox. But yes, enough of that. that is exciting. Yes. Enough of that. Let's talk about 
a really important part of my family's life, which is the Game Boy. Mm. And I am so excited to hear more about this, mate, because you you briefly have talked about it a few times, Mm. but I want to hear the whole story. Did, you know, was it a replacement for, like, as in, did, did you then replace a, a current console with it? How you used it? The games? Did you share one? All of that kind of stuff. How okay. your sister played in with it? All of that stuff. So let's bring out the maximum nostalgia here, right? I'm going to take you right yes. back to 1990 in the UK. Okay. So this is the wavy lines bit. Yeah. Okay. So we're going back to 1990. So I was uh, either either 11 or 12, I was a young lad and I lived um, in the north of England. So at that point, it was 1990. But in reality, in Northern England, it's probably about 1965, maybe 1970 um, (laughs) in attitudes and and things like that. And I had this book. Uh, It was like a magazine, almost like a soft uh, paperback, but halfway between that and a magazine and it had all the latest consoles that were coming out and mm. i religiously read this and read this and it had it had the snes in it it had mega drive it had the game boy it had um what was the what was the pc one called uh, there was like a pc console oh, a pc remember. console yeah it wasn't a pc though but it was called the pc it had neo oh. geo in it which was incredibly expensive. Like the games were 200 pounds each because they're basically an arcade unit stuck in a machine. Mm. And I religiously read this. And the only thing that I could possibly afford in this book was the Game Boy, but it wasn't out. So I stuck it on my Christmas list and I got it for Christmas. Now, if we go back to 1990, that was in all in England, but what else was happening in the world at that time? Well, there was the reunification of Germany. Um, Nelson Mandela was released. Thatcher resigned. Tim Berners-Lee created the first web server and browser. So you had, I just want to put out there, you had four things that, that just passed by, with, which were all like five-star events. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, there's more, there's more. So the Human Keep Genome going. Project began, Hubble Telescope was launched, and the Baltic states declared independence from the Soviet Union. Oh. So there's a massive amount of upheaval in the yes. world. Time. And it was positive, right? It was a very yes. positive time. Kind of not like now. Um, yeah. <laughs> just leave that one in there. And, and the Game Boy came out. Now, it was released in Japan in 1989, in April 21st, 1989. Europe, what like, was your first thoughts 1989. when you saw it, mate? Sorry, I just have to ask. What was your first thought? Was your, so you're saying your first experience was seeing the ad in this magazine or had you seen any yeah. TV ads? No, or? I hadn't seen it in TV ads. It was in this magazine, just, just in this magazine. What drew you to, what made you, what, do you remember what your thoughts would have been when you saw that ad? Like, what was the excitement? Was it the handheld bit? Was it the, was it the portability of it? Or do you, was it just the concept itself? Do you remember what stood out? Mario. It was the Mario uh, game. It was the yeah. only way I could play a Mario game. Yeah. In uh, that seemed achievable because I could never afford mm. a SNES. They weren't out in, in the UK at that time. Mm. The NES wasn't really, it was a lot more expensive. I liked the mm. idea of it being handheld and being able to switch and things. And I could take it to be to school and be the cool kid with a handheld. You can't do that with an yeah. NES. No, no. But um, it was Mario. I, I was just smitten by Mario and I needed a Mario game. And that's mm. why I wanted it. So that, that was the main draw. But back to 1990, music. 
So what was going on in the music world at that time? So you got Nothing Compares to You, Sinead O'Connor. Good. Vogue Banging. Madonna. And Good. I'm surprised that those two were in the same year, actually. I thought there was Yeah, so am I. Good songs, though. Really yeah. like both of them. This is one for you, right? You'll love this with your family connections. It must have been Love, Roxette. Oh. Yeah, classic. Yeah, go uh, the Swedes. Yeah, go the Swedes. Uh, Blaze of Glory, John Bon Jovi, because oh, you came out. Yes. Yeah. Great. Love that movie as well, by the way. Yeah. But, you know, the 1990 belongs to this man. Do you know who it is? No. Vanilla Ice. Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then, I laughed, but that was awesome. Yeah, like it was, it was for, for uh, vanilla ice i have so much if, if you're listening to this podcast i love saying that right because of course he isn't but i want to put our fellow listeners in good company so i'm just going to say if you're listening to this vanilla ice we'd have you on this show in a heartbeat to talk oh, yeah. about video games we would yeah <laughs> let's talk about films then this year so we had edward scissorhands pretty oh, woman awesome. yes pretty woman uh total recall Home that was explains why that song was out from Roxette, by the way, because that was a theme song from Pretty Woman yeah. was. It must have been like, yep. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Home Alone, like I said. Ghost. Oh, Home Alone. <gasps> Ghost. Yeah. All great. These are all great, man. I love all of these. Goodfellas, you know, classic, but a little bit too That's serious. That's good. I would podcast. not have watched Goodfellas at that age, I don't think. No, I wouldn't. But great it's, movie. It's too serious for this podcast, I think. It's too um, yeah. gritty. Predator 2 came out though, and that's an underrated film. Yeah, I agree. I didn't see, I think out of, if I have to put my hand up and say, what is the second best Predator movie out of all of the ones that have done, including the recent ones and everything, I actually think Predator 2 is yeah. still better than anything that's come since. Yeah. I actually really liked Predator 2. It, it was a little bit predictable, but I, I loved it. Danny Glover in it. Yeah. Awesome. Really loved cool. it. Really cool. So let's go back to the Game Boy though. So that's the mm. context, right? So there were these um, geniuses at Nintendo, right? Who'd already uh, worked on the Game & Watch. And so the Game & Watch was a LCD screen, like a old style Casio watch. And it had fixed characters on it. And there were very simple games that you could play. And they went to the chairman of um, Nintendo and said, look, we think that we could do something with LCD technology, um, but actually have games that you can switch in and out. And uh, uh, Miyamoto said, yes, yes, go and do it. So they went off to work with it. They didn't get very good internal press. Once they'd kind of made the prototype and they'd started developing the products, it really didn't hit uh, internally. And they had, um, they had a nickname for it, which was Dame Game, which, it, which as a translation is useless game. So no one in Nintendo who was out of the core team thought it was going to be a, a, a success. Mm. Um, like by today's technology, it was so limited. Okay, so it had 64 kilobytes working RAM, which is about the same as a Commodore 64. So for that time in a handheld, it was pretty good. But that's 65,000 times less RAM than is in your a typical mobile phone now. So it really is next to nothing. And that RAM was kind of spread between graphics, the cartridge, the actual game code. It was very, very small resources. It also had a pixel density of 160 by 144 pixels. This was grayscale. Mm. And the screen mm. really wasn't great quality. You got a lot of blur. And when you first started mm, playing, yeah. there was blur in it. It, was, it wasn't a great experience until your brain kind of adapted and... and and nipped out for it so mm. on paper it doesn't sound great it really doesn't sound great 
but it had really compelling games um, yep. and it had this master stroke there was this game called tetris from uh from russia and it was a great family game and it was insanely addictive and they bundled that with the game boy so you bought it you got the game with it and then you can go and buy other games the other cool thing is the games are quite cheap so if you had yep. a snares or a nares the games were like 40 pounds 35 pounds which back then is a lot of money mm. the games for a game boy were 20 pounds so they were half the price yeah but it was still really really playable and because you had such limited resources it had to maximize playability above anything else and that made the developers incredibly creative some great games came out for it it got released i bugged my parents for it for um for months and months and months did um, you so when you were bugging them for it at that stage was there any on the ground buzz around it were people starting to have them at school had you heard any live reviews of it? Like, apart from no. the ad that you've seen, was no. there any other connection that you'd had with it at that stage? No. No, no one was interested in it except me. So I <laughs> recently moved up from London, which was a little, I'd say a little bit more finger on the pulse, to be yeah. honest. You know, I'd gone back in time by 10, 15 years. So no one at school yeah. was really interested in Game Boys um, until I got one. And then everyone wanted one, which is kind of a, a, a bit further on in the story. If I, get, if I go back to when I got the Game Boy, I got it for Christmas and I uh, opened it on Christmas Day, loved it, played Tetris. I had to wait for the shops to open because I've got some more Christmas money so I could get the Mario game, Super Mario Land, which was a, a pretty poor Mario game in the echelon of Mario games. But at the time, it's the only thing that I could get and I loved it. I, I I remember just as you said that I love that the anticipation as a child when you've say got a new console regardless of what it was and then you got enough money to go and buy your own game and waiting for the shops to open so you could go and get that one game because I know I don't know if your parents were like mine but they just didn't even trust their judgment that they would get it for the right platform and stuff so they kind of just went we'll just give you cash and you can go and get it and you'll yeah, buy the right one but I'd love those exactly. I can that feeling inside where you know you knew what was going to happen you knew you were going to be able to go and get that thing but the stores wasn't open i loved that anticipation as a child but at the time it was horrific right i was counting the days i had to wait three days it was for me it was both it was it was painful but there was something in that agony of knowing that oh my god i'm going to be able to get this soon i'm going to get able to get this soon and then when you had it you were like oh my god this is the best thing ever yeah yeah it, i the first time I played it, and I played that first level of Super Mario Land, I was so happy. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a few games for the Game Boy, but the family favourite was actually Tetris. And everyone in the family played it, and we all kind of kept hold of our scores. And there was this yeah. huge rivalry between me and my mom, And she <laughs> loved Tetris. And she'd get a high score, then I'd get a high score, then she'd get a high score, then I'd get a high score. Obviously, there'd be fights over who had the Game Boy. And when I, I the time I realised something was special was going on is, you know, when you've got a toy and you and your sister or your sibling or your brother are arguing over it, um, I'd be arguing with my mom over, <laughs> over getting back my Game Boy so I can play Super Mario Land on it. And she's like, no, I've got to carry on playing Tetris and I'm on, I'm on a roll. You know, I'm doing really well here. Um, and it really hit her kind of addictive personality and she loves those those kind of puzzle games and that was really special to me that we had this kind of family connection to this one game and about three years ago 
uh, it was one of my mom's birthdays and I thought, well, you know, what can I get her? And I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get her a Game Boy and I'll get a Tetris as, nice. a, as a treat. So I bought it for her and it, it was one of her presents. It wasn't like her main present, but it was a bit of fun. Um, yeah. And she, she was kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Thanks for giving me that. Anyway, I was talking to her about it in preparation for this podcast. And during lockdown, she's been completely addicted to it. And she's had to lock it away. <laughs> she's had to lock it away in her house and ration herself because she sat there playing it for hours. And she's been in lockdown on her own, right? And she'll be sat yeah. in bed just playing Tetris on her Game Boy, on her 1990s yeah. Game Boy. And it's... It's, it's that that makes it special, you know. We've still got this mm. family connection to it all these years ago. Mm. I, I and I love that. Fantastic. It's, isn't that just the best thing, right? And, it, and it's, this is what I think is the ironic and, and somewhat, I don't know, frustrating part about people who don't understand video games because they see it as people who have, like, social anxiety or that they don't know how to build social connections and they're addicted to screen and they don't care about the outside world. And that's, that's how gamers tend to be portrayed. And I, I guess there's any outsider culture that you don't understand, you like to vilify it or pick out the worst bits. But I think gaming is incredibly unifying. It's oh, unifying it's as a concept. Unif yeah. It's incredibly social. And even then when multiplayer games weren't really a thing in the same way, it was still a very social occasion. It was just that my mates talked about video games where other kids might have talked about football or they might have done both, right? You know, it might yeah. have been both. And that was fine. But I think that's the thing I really want people to understand who might, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that we, this would be a podcast to listen to people who don't game, but I think it's just something that we all know inherently as people who grew up with video games and who are now old, it's like you, you and me, is that social connection between us and our video games and the people and the memories is so strong. And that's yeah. why we love it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And uh, there's, there's some interesting stats as well around the Game Boy, which are unusual from a gaming point of view. So 46% of Game Boy players were female. Um, yeah. So is in the 90s. And it, it was very much a, a platform for everyone. Mm. And I remember... I think Nintendo in general have been good at doing that anyway. Yeah. Like, I think Nintendo out of all the platforms has probably been the one that's felt most genuinely just... It's a game that anyone yeah. can enjoy and play. Yeah. They, they've not gone for one demographic over another. No. And the, the thing that I found interesting is I was recalling when I was back at school and I had a Game Boy and no one had seen one before. And it was like, oh, wow. And then suddenly people started getting Game Boys. Quite a few of them were girls who got Game Boys, which, which was great, right? And there was this girl that I really... <laughs> you know you know kind of one of your first kind of puppy loves right when you're at school yeah um and there's this girl and she got uh this game boy and i was like wow this is my end right we can be buddies and game boy buddies and we can you know connect the two wires between the game boys and, and play games and stuff and play two mm. it'll be amazing and i'll have like this this gaming uh console which i love and this girl who i really like and she's like no i'm not playing two player with you <laughs> oh, gosh. i don't want to do and, that uh, I and I do like love that this comes on the back of me saying it's a unifying social <laughs> endeavor. I mean, clearly, only if they want to be. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in and that And their choice case. was no. 
I was yeah. gutted at the time, but you know, never mind. These things happen. Oh man, These things happen. But like it is, and and so I remember asking this before, but just for clarity as well, like you used it, the Game Boy in its truest sense. You actually used it as a portable console, didn't you? Like on bus I did, trips, yeah. and I used it on the hmm. bus. I had a long bus trip to school, so I used to play it on the bus. I used to play it in the car when we went, because because in the Lake District where we lived, if you were going to see friends, you were in the car for half an hour. So why not play the game? So, so uh, what were the battery? What was the battery power like? Like, oh, did you carry a load of AAs with you? Or how yeah, we, we had a whole load of AA batteries. Um, yeah, we invested in rechargeable batteries. Mm. And the battery life was all right, actually. It was something like 16 hours. That's which not bad. Was a really long time. Really long time. Mm. And you could play you, you could play for a car journey as long as you like. And it was great. It didn't just fall over, but it faded and got fainter and fainter. And you'd turn the contrast <laughs> up to try and compensate. And that stopped working. And you kind of had to kind of angle it in such a way that the light bounced off in a way so you could just about see what was going on the screen until it died. So funny. Yeah. It, you, oh, you just don't... So how, many, how many years do you reckon you had it? How many years do you, did you think you act, act, actively played... Oh. Uh, probably only about two or three but they were around mm. for a long time i kind of moved yeah, on to mega drive i moved on to mega drive after that and i think i probably sold it to help fund getting a mega drive because the game boy was 8-bit 16-bit mega drive was just such a big jump at the time that it felt like a reasonable trade-off so i did mm. that but the game boy went on for 10 years i mean the, they had the game boy they had the game boy pocket that came out in 1996 there was a game boy lighting but that only came out in japan in 1998 so it was around for at least six years before the smaller mm. game boy pocket came out and then mm. the game boy advance came out i think it was in 2001 2001 um, yeah and that was uh 32-bit which is pr- which is pretty cool right yeah and actually on that note so I- that so that is my experience right yeah. so whereas you you kind of took us to the 1990s my experience is very much later on i'll always take it to the 1990s you you, you can be sure of that. yeah well i'll tell you what though because it's such a good time period because i i i have to admit that there are a few things that were good around the year 2000 i'm not going to do the history part but I'll, I'll just quickly delve into the tv shows movies and a little bit about music but it's actually quite dire like from a TV show's perspective, things I probably would have watched in the year 2001. Uh, Scrubs started that year, to be fair. And I love Scrubs. So I did watch that when Game Boy Advance was out. Band of Brothers came out in 2001. Hot on the back of Saving Private Ryan, which was a great movie. And Band of Brothers was a great show. I probably would have watched that as well. But that's pretty much it. Things like Smallville, which never interested me because it's Superman. Alias, which I think was good, but I never watched. There wasn't yet another CSI. It was just not a great year for TV shows. Movie-wise kind of want to say the same not amazing like there was a tomb raider movie out yeah so there are some there are some exceptions to the rule yeah but i just don't think it was an amazing year for that either and actually looking at music i really struggle finding anything in in like the top 100 songs of 2001 that i would have listened to a lot so i don't know early 2000 david around then Uh, i'm not he might have been, but, you know, it was very, I, I, it, it just wasn't, I think that maybe the Game Boy Advance was one of the few good things to come out of that. Yeah. Yeah, strong, what I'm trying to say. But then ironically enough, so from my perspective at that stage, very different. So bought it, and I guess like, obviously, you know, I'm talking, you're talking about being like 12 and that memory, and I'm like 22 yeah. and I'm buying it. Or it's a different similar life, right? 
20, 20, 21 or 20, 20 ish. But so, you know, completely different stage of my life. I bought it as a, as a travel device, very much like you. Like I was uh, traveling on a bus. I didn't have a driver's license because I was very late getting one of those in Sweden. Latest of all my mates, I think. Um, so I did travel a lot with bus. So I, I bought this because I was, I think I was working at the time and I really wanted something that was mobile. My experience with the Game Boy Advance that was very different. So to your point, it was 32-bit, which was incredible. To come out with a 32-bit handheld machine to me was just like blew my mind. And one of the things that really stood out was that it, I, I believe it was one of the first, if not the first, that did 3D like shooters. So you could play Doom in it, which was crazy cool to be able to play Doom in its little handheld device and run around and actually play that those complex 3D games. I just remember the joy of having that and being able to do that and sitting on the bus and just getting lost in, lost in this video game, getting a little bit car sick because I don't do well with uh, looking at a yeah. screen while I'm on a bus or whatever. So I'll, I'll just throw that out there. I was probably a little bit green in the face when I arrived in Stockholm from, from my suburb. But, 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 but the thing that was massively annoying with it, massively annoying, and you didn't have as much of this problem with the original Game Boy, I don't think, was because it was only black and white, right? And so, and you had that contrast, which was it didn't have a backlight. There was oh. no backlight yeah. whatsoever. So what we're talking about here, and this is really hard for people to understand, because when I say no backlight, I literally mean no backlight. It's not like it had a weird, like it had a weak LED mm. backlit thing. No, it was a color screen with no lighting from behind yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And what that meant was that it was almost impossible to see in almost any conditions. <laughs> it was yeah. terrible. And this terrible, was recognized. Terrible. This was recognized because there was an aftermarket mod that you could do to add a backlight, which invalidated the warranty. And the later revision of Game Boy Advance introduced a backlight. SP. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yes. So SP I, was clamshell, wasn't it? Yes. Which, yes, which protected the screen. So I did that backlight thing. I did what that backlight thing. Okay. Yes, I did. The warrant the, the, the voided the warranty. Because I was very much the kid who built my own PCs. I built dad's work PCs from scratch. Um, I built dad's, uh, uh, when websites came around, I built it out of HTML code and, 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 and smashed up his own website and did stuff like that. So I was very much like that side of tech. I was well into it. So it, like installing an LED uh, to, to backlight a Nintendo Game Boy Advance that I'd paid a ton of money for at the time didn't phase me. And, and it worked uh, okay. But obviously, because it wasn't integrated into the device from the beginning, it only could do so much. So, yep, it worked. It wasn't amazing, and it and it did suck more, even more battery, and it and it was extremely battery hungry already with a color screen, right? I guess that was my first and only kind of true foray into portable uh, mm. devices, I'd say, apart from where you and I are now, where we obviously both have switches, but I never really used the switch as a portable device. No, I don't either. I don't. I just use it uh, portable around the home, but yeah, not, not. I don't take it out. So, I mean, no. the the thing that made Game Boy beat the Sega Game Gear and the Atari Lynx was the games, the games and the backlight. Yes. So call out games for me on Game Boy were Tetris, Super Mario Land. There was a great Spider-Man game. Gator Pinball was amazing. There was Gargoyles Quest as well, which was absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. Really good. On, on the Game Boy Advance that you had, what were the standout games for you? I mean, Doom definitely was one of the ones that just, I, like it blew my mind that I could play that. Yeah. Um, trying to think about some of the other ones that were kind of the top ones. 
there was like a final fantasy one that i played that was good yes uh, um that was the last game there was a final fantasy that was the last game released on it actually i bet that was yeah so yeah so i did play that one uh i also played asterix and obelix and that was awesome yeah uh, and I I still love them. Like I'll I'll play that on my um, Super Nintendo uh, little uh, fakey Super Nintendo thing that I've got the mini Super Nintendo mini. Mm. I think it's the Super Nintendo that's got it, uh, yeah. or is it the Sega? I don't remember. But anyway, I play Asterix and Obelix. It's, that's also awesome. What else was there? Then Doom. I love Doom. I think there was there was some other kind of there was like a game that was kind of like a music game that I liked to wear. There was, was like a rhythm game. Um, but I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was a Japanese one. It was a bit weird. I don't actually know why I got that one because that's not well, very much me. I need to ask, were there any good Zelda games on the um, Advance? <laughs> you would Yeah, that's where they that's where they first time. launched Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Skyrim, right? It's been on every single platform. No, yeah. I actually don't think so. But I might be completely, absolutely wrong. But I can't actually remember. I can't remember me buying one, put it that way. But actually, yeah, no, there must have been. Surely there would have been. There must have been Zelda games. Because it was such a long time span. So I'm just going to, I'm going to retract that and say, I'm sure there were Zelda games. I don't know if I played them. But the thing was, I just, I think I kind of gave up on it after about a year or so. The, the reason was just that screen. It was just too hard, even with my mod that I made to really get as much enjoyment out of it as I'd hoped. And I think I was kind of like starting to get into Xbox and other and kind of other consoles and stuff. And I kind of, it kind of just faded out. Portable gaming did kind of start to die a death for quite a long time. And I know that Sony tried to keep it alive with the PSP and PS Vita, but it, the advances in, in home entertainment in home gaming really had such a large contrast to what you could do in a mobile environment. Or a handheld yeah. environment was really big. And the only thing that really made transformed that was the iPhone and the app store yeah. and casual yeah. gaming. And that that kind of that kind of blew up and, and was um Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, there was a massive lag and there was this there was this uh, strange period where um, there were actually really powerful uh, machines around mm. like to your point like the console the home entertainment market the pc market as well actually where they were exponentially uh, creating these cpu powers that were just kept clocking them up and uh, they introduced things like graphic cars like separate graphic cards and things somewhere around that time frame i'm not don't quote me on exact I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be people pushing up their glasses and doing a little bit of a sniff there going actually uh graphic cards came out way earlier than that uh peter i know that they had separate sound blaster cards and stuff like that i'm not saying that but yeah. i think the power and the understanding of how you could harness it you're right for consoles and stuff was a lot better between kind of that phase when handheld started to die up until the iphone yeah. And then suddenly people, the eye, the kind of the, the view of the world shifted to like, if Apple can do that, we can do something like that. And yeah. then mobile and smaller devices and stuff started pushing up off again in a completely new direction. But you're right. Like, and the Game Boy, was, I think as far as I'm concerned, the Game Boy was the undisputed king. And I would still say this today. Game Boy is the undisputed king of the handheld market. Oh, yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Any it, generation, if you talk about it. It's the fastest selling handheld console. And I think it's third in the all-time console sales. It's third. Yeah, they do all those cool uh, color variants and stuff. Oh, like you could were... buy different colored Game Boys, yeah. and you could, yeah, and you could buy the see-through ones way before yeah. Mac did the see-through iMac, right? Yeah, uh, see-through Game Boys. 
which I thought were quite ugly, actually. I don't really want to see electronics. That's just the no, difference. But it, it was yeah, same. a huge, huge success, and it made Nintendo mm. an awful lot of money. And they used that money to create the snares, and they used that money to create the GameCube, and it kind of set them set them on the way, really. They've they made good step after good step. Yeah. Um, and you've you've got to hand it to Nintendo. Like I, I kind of sometimes wish that that Nintendo existed today. And I'm not saying that because I don't like the Switch, because I do love the Switch. But I feel like they've had an opportunity to, over the last couple of years, I guess, be more of that company that seemed to just I don't know. They were so consumer centric. They, they were so consumer centric. They, they brought out Labo, and Labo is just like mucking around with cardboard. But the ingenuity yeah. that they've done with that is amazing and and remember game boy most of the people at nintendo thought it was useless and it was going to be yeah. an awful flop and it's their most successful console to date yeah so you've got to give the leadership some credit right because the leadership would have had people come into them saying this is a joke you've got to cancel this project it's a waste of money and they've gone no we're going to give it a go this is what Nintendo's about. And Nintendo started off as a card company. They, they weren't hmm. an electronics company. Oh, that's 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 what I'm saying, right? I I, I, I like that Nintendo. I yeah. like that Nintendo that did that with the Game Boy. That's the Nintendo I love to think about, not the one that's sitting on $40 billion or whatever it is and kind of don't really have to give a rats about what any of us think because they've got so much money in the bank that they can do whatever they want and they kind of do. So yeah. I just feel like they've changed a lot as an organization. You know, there's not a re- there's no reason for their online uh, connectivity and stuff to be as crap as it is, which it is. Anything they do online is pretty mediocre. Functionality is taking years for them to sort out. Drifting controllers that they're trying to claim was never really a problem. And, and uh, even though everybody knows that they had controller issues and they actually swiftly then afterwards changed the design of them internally because they clearly had some mistakes and stuff like that in them. That's not a Nintendo I enjoy. I love the Nintendo of old. The Nintendo that, that came up with a light pistol for the original NES, which, like we talked about this with Marcus, but it still blows my mind today. Yeah, we, and we still don't know how it works. And you know what? No. I, I could Wikipedia or Google it and find out, but I don't want to know. No, neither do I. Yeah. Magic. And, but it's like that thing, like I'm like, why isn't that in consoles today? You know, where yeah. is my light gun today in a console? I would love that stuff, right? So Nintendo is an innovator. They definitely, definitely are. But I just feel like they need to reinvigorate. I don't know how you do it, but there, there needs to be something new. But thank you, Nintendo, for the Game Boy. Yeah. And thank, thank you on behalf of Richie. Like the memories that you have of that, mate. And oh, I love that story great. about your mom. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And there's plenty of emulators online where you can play these grey scale games that look really basic, but are really such good fun. So if you never mm. played Game Boy, you can go online and you can play these games. Check out Super Mario Land, check out Tetris, check out Gator Pinball, check out Gargoyle's Quest. And, and you'll see what I mean. It's really But good. would you also say, Richie, for the full experience, though, try to go on eBay find yourself a proper old school Game Boy if, if you can, because there's nothing like yeah. that little screen oh, and those that, little that buttons. Is, that is the way to play it, but they're getting expensive. They are getting yeah. expensive. So if you're going to do that, do it quick because they will be worth a lot of money one day, especially if you can find a nice clean one yeah, uh, with nice clean packaging. You're going yeah. you're to be in a good, good position. But the electronics back then just last forever, right? They last forever, yes, they so it's, it's going to be it's, it's yeah. a long time. 
But yeah, there oh. we go. That was the kind of our that's our first foray outside the pure game and talking yeah. about the entire console. I enjoyed it. Same, man. I thank you so much for sharing that memory as well of the Game Boy because I think it's it just I I think that is the connection point we all have. We all have those memories of sitting there waiting the three days to go and go and get the game in the shop we all had that thing that we we bugged our parents for for months and we weren't really sure whether or not we would get and they might have tricked us or double duped us or done something and then suddenly we were getting it we were elated and we called all our mates and we just couldn't wait to show it off to everyone and 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 it became like that talking point that we all really loved not because of just the fact that we had it but because it was so good yeah you know that was the cool thing that connected you and then people would want to sit next to you and just watch you play so great story man i really appreciate it yeah thanks man thanks so next episode we're going to bring it more back to the future and we're going to start talking about adventures in xbox land so there's this Mm. great thing called games pass i've as you know pete i've always been a playstation person and i've caught the xbox bug and i bought myself an s and then i bought myself an x And we're going to talk about Game Pass and all those enjoyable things. See you next time, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, That's good. I almost pressed the leave button because I was like, so, like, oh, new episode, leave. And then I'm like, oh, no.